A Podcast One production. Hi, I'm Nat Kringudis. And I'm Cecilia Ramsdale. Welcome to The Wellness Collective, a podcast where we invite you to be part of our wellness community to share, learn and live better. Oops, King Kringudis. We were just joking about names, <laughs> weren't we, with our yeah. guest, which we will introduce in just a minute. But I don't understand because phonetically my name is actually spelt how it's said. I know, but, you know, it's a good old Greek tongue twister. Uh-huh. Don't worry, I had a whole life of growing up as Ramsbottom. Ramsbottom. <laughs> which is really fun when you're a teenager. That's, people want to yeah. call you that. No, well. Yeah. Joys Names are joys. I know that when we <laughs> named the children, I was very um, adamant that they didn't need to spell their entire name because you've got to spell, I've got to spell my name every time yeah. I am on the phone. Yep. So Livia, Olivia, Easy. normal spelling. Everyone likes to complicate it and ask it's with, is it an A or an O? And then I had seriously a lapse in memory I'm because thinking. then there's Geordie yeah. who is spelt with a G. So he's going to need to spell and ends in IE. He's going to need to spell his entire name, his entire life. Anyway, we're not here to talk about names. Well, we sort of are because our guest today, Tully Smythe, often gets referred to as Tully Smith. So that's how we actually (laughs) got to this. Welcome to the Wellness Collective, Tully. Thank you so much for having me. We're very excited to have you here. Very pleased to have you. Absolutely. Excited to be here. Now, people might know you from, well, do you call yourself an influencer? Yes, influencer. Not an influencer. Influencer or an influxenza. <laughs> you know, I, was, I, I just we just got back from a holiday in Fiji. You know, you have to fill in the the boarding pass that says what you do as a job. And I'm like, what do you what do you write? Um, well, yeah, I mean, that is I hate that word. I really hate that term. <laughs> I, do too. I hate that term. I hate. It, I feel like it. It implies that I'm suddenly for some reason better than or mm. have more power or control over other people's brains, which is just absolutely <laughs> ridiculous. I really try and avoid it. But that is kind of like the easiest way these days to describe mm. what I do. I write writer. Oh, that's yeah. good. That's um, good. Because first and foremost, I'm a trained journalist um, and that's what I love to do. I love to write. Um, and I kind of think that then they can pretend that I'm like maybe like a novelist or <laughs> successful, you know, author. So, yeah, I write writer. But yeah. I am, I guess, an influencer. Oh, no, day. no, no, no. Like, it's I like such a strange it's space, though, isn't oh it? Really? God, like, isn't it and, you know, who I've would have predicted correct. it? Oh, my exactly. God. Not me. That's for sure. I can't believe, you know, I always said um, after Big Brother that I would just ride the wave for as long as it went, thinking it'd be 15 minutes. And that was six years ago. <laughs> and the fact that people are still paying me. To chuck up a selfie, it's just, it blows my mind. It really and you're does. like, but okay then, no I'll problem. put that on the mortgage, not <laughs> going to say no. She's like, the look on her well, face, she's like, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, yeah, as I've said many times, you know, I've been quite vocal about the fact that this isn't exactly um, what I imagine myself doing and it, and it doesn't exactly fill me with pride and I don't feel super, like, you know, I'm making a difference to the world mm. or that I'm contributing in any special way. So I'm very grateful and I'm very appreciative. I, but Do you know what? I would actually say... I see it differently. I think it's a privilege to have a captive audience that would look at what you're doing in, in some way and be like, oh, wow, okay, that's as an long idea. As, I'm putting, as long as I'm putting out the right messages. Correct, and that's, that's what I'm saying, though. And that's a fine line between wanting to pay your rent yes, and, you know, wanting to share things that are important to you, um, spread awareness for causes that are important to you. And that's kind of the balance that I think that I'm constantly struggling with. Right, sure. Yeah, no, I, I was listening to and someone else. And not just being a mouthpiece for no, someone else. No, totally. But mm. I was listening to someone else talk about this and I was like, it's true. It's For me, it's a privilege to 
to be able to share the information that I share and to be able to... But well, you're I sharing guess. like healthy, holistic, like <laughs> beautiful, positive messages. Like sometimes I literally have to hold a, a bottle of something up to my yeah, face right. and be like, yeah, try right. this. Yeah, like, yeah. This is great. But you do it in a way that has integrity. So that's the I appreciate thing. that. That yes. is a beautiful compliment and I will, I will take it. Yeah, well, I think that's important though. I it's, think also from a, a personal perspective, you probably need to look at it as it's a vehicle for you to be able to do the writing and for you to be able to do the things well, yeah, that you want to do and not be the struggling writer who's trying to get your novel published and all that stuff. It, it's a door that's open to you. It is a door. And, it, and, it, and I'm, again, very appreciative, very yeah. lucky. But, you know, it's crazy that in 2019, that will help me get gigs yeah. and, and that will help me get in the you know a foot in the door. I remember, I don't do it anymore because I'm old, but um, <laughs> a couple of years ago when I was still modelling, um, I went to a casting. I've modelled since I was 15 years old, on and off, always like sort of alongside school, alongside uni, yep. alongside my job. Um, for shits and giggles. Well, just for extra cash, really. But I never I never, I never, never loved it. Mm. But I remember going to a casting, I won't say what it was for, but basically there were two doors when you got there and it was like under 50K, over 50K. Oh. Wow. Followers. Oh, oh wow. how kilos? Say, how much they're going to pay <laughs> no, 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 you? No, 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 no. I was like, pay. wait. No, was like, it was if you had under fifty thousand oh, followers wow. and over, and you went into no. two different doors. And I'm like, hang on. When I started modelling, it was what? about you know, okay, we need a t- five foot ten yes. blonde with green eyes. Yeah. Now it's like, all right, we need a girl that has a huge Instagram following. Oh yeah. my god. Blew my mind. Absolutely. Blew my mind. Anyway. Wow. Wow. You've opened a door in my mind there. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was interesting because um, I must admit. I didn't know who you were until love, a little I while ago. I love people like you. This is great. <laughs> people are like, I'm so sorry I didn't watch the show. I'm like, that means we can be we can be friends. Yeah. We can get along. I have no prior knowledge of you before I heard you on another podcast. And I was like, the thing that I find most interesting about you is your actual personal story and the life that you've lived and not the fact that you're a big brother because I remember the first season of Big Brother. The best. That's the, the only one I watched. Always. <laughs> yeah. But Sorry. I was working. I think I have it on DVD. So. Oh, really? Because <laughs> you'd want to go back and watch all of that, wouldn't you? No, actually, I watched a few of them. That's a lot. Yeah, <laughs> everyone knew what was going on then. But it was new and it was interesting and people weren't there to play the game because they didn't know what the game no, was. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, so it was. It was really And I think shows like that, um, when there aren't producers sitting you down, doing to camera, you know, it's a totally different show. Mm. With, with stuff with hidden cameras, it's much easier to forget where you are and what you're doing. And I think, therefore, it, the show ends, ends up being a little bit more genuine, for sure. Yeah. But um, I can remember the first season seeing those people and going, oh, my God, if I went on this show, I would die. Like, <laughs> I would be like, what have I done? People always say I'm so brave. I never looked at it like that because oh. I'm, I'm such a show pony. I'm such an attention seeker. I always have been a bit of a drama queen. So, so I was you're like, you're living your best life. But like, you're in this, in this house for, you've committed to being in this house with these people that you don't know. And I love people. Who were, yeah, but were chosen because they had specific personalities to clash and to create all the drama. Yeah, I, never I just remember like thinking, apart from the boredom, like, is it boring? Oh, my God. You just don't realise how... Nothing like, to do. Because the show is all the fun parts cut together, right? So yeah. when you watch the show and you go in, you think, oh, it's going to be fun all the time. So much downtime. Yeah. You feel a bit like a hamster stuck in a cage. I have to say that the funniest show like this that I've watched is the one that they're naked. Have you oh, seen Oh, I love it. <laughs> naked dating? Naked? Yeah. No, no, no. No, in the jungle. What? Naked, what? yes. It's, I, Naked I, channel, so you I have watching. a feeling I might have watched this in the US, not... <laughs> 
<laughs> like last time I was there. But literally, yeah, they're naked in the middle of nowhere. But there's a lot of like poison With, ivy. Yes, and, and so what so happened? Many in your butt, what yes. happened to this one couple? So that you had to like build a shelter. You have nothing. You literally just get dumped. Na- like Robinson Crusoe, like <laughs> With a stranger. No, with your partner. So oh. it was like, is that better or worse? I, I don't, don't know. know. Anyway, what the funny worse. part was, this guy got um, this. They built this fort, this thing under a. This is so not on topic. Under uh, a tree. I'm into it. The tree had this poisonous <laughs> sap. The, it rained. The sap infected him. He's lying there. They had to keep calling in the the. Sure um, wasn't a nightmare. You. Had. <laughs> this does not sound like a real show. This can't Truly, be. Air. I've got to find air. the name of it. I actually will text someone because I remember saying, "Oh my gosh, I watched this show. It was when I was." I think maybe I couldn't sleep one night. Yeah. Okay, was, so you were high on hilarious. sleeping pills yeah. and this didn't happen at all. <laughs> it was totally no, it was. Well, the dating naked one is awesome too. I haven't seen that. if you think about the, um, you know, the thing of Big Brother, you're meeting strangers yeah. and there's that thing of, oh, I've got to find some chemistry with someone because this is what it's all about. But it's so wonderful. These two people walk up a beach. Completely. completely. They're wearing sneakers, which is so <laughs> odd. <laughs> I think they look weirder wearing the so, shoes. Yeah, like just the completely shoes. naked. But their faces, like, so they're walking up the beach. They've maybe got like a hundred meters lead it's way up. Too long. So it's too long. So they're like trying to not look at all the bits so and make assessment of and this love, person they're about to meet. I love that. Obviously, from knowing now what I know, that hundred percent, if they've got some like. OH&S rule where they have to wear like they have yeah. to have protective shoes on yeah. but they're fine to have their <laughs> hanging out like it's like must wear sneakers can have your <laughs> hanging out like what that doesn't make any sense whatsoever and then trying not to go wow he's got a really small willy oh my God. Try, not to just, try not to just do like a quick really about face and just cute. like Whoop. that is Boobs. so funny oh, that is so funny. so funny I would be mortified I couldn't do that no matter how much I can't much even I like. do that with someone I'm dating yeah. I'm still like oh can you just yeah, turn the light <laughs> off right round thank you so much <laughs> Oh, my God. Oh, so good. Yes. Hilarious. So, I mean, what you were saying, Cecilia, is you were, you were attracted originally to your story. And what was it then that you were what, – what got you? What caught you? So, um, personally in my life, I've had two people pretty close to me that have uh, had Alzheimer's in the last few years and both of them have passed away now. Um, but I heard Tully talking about her – personal experience with living with someone with Alzheimer's. And a few podcasts ago, we spoke with Sharon from iDNA mm-hmm. talking about um, doing like genetic profiling and what you can find out about your own genes and and then, you know, the way you can live your life according to what information you found. And it actually mm-hmm. frightened me because I was like, I don't know that I really want to know what's down the track. Nat doesn't have that approach, but that's okay. <laughs> but she did say that the number one uh killer of women in our country is dementia. Yeah, which is like such a stat that nobody is across. No. And I was like, oh my God, I thought this is the this is the thing that I've been living over the last couple of years. Not personally, but you know, with people around me. And and then when I heard you talking about your mum, I was like, oh my God, we need to talk to Tully because this is a message that I think really needs to be mm. out there more. Absolutely. I think, you know, um, so, yeah, to give you a bit of a background on me, if you don't know anything about me, which is completely fine and normal. <laughs> um, so my mum was officially diagnosed with early onset Alzheimer's mm. in 2002. Yeah. Um, but if you talk to my dad, there were signs of it as early as 1996. Mm. Well, this is what they say too. Like you can be diagnosed, but you may have had the symptoms in the yeah, up for about even, 10 years leading up to yeah, it. Yeah, and even as, you know, oh. I was quite young. Um, mm. In my head, in my life, in my world, um, she was... She started sort of getting sick around 15 years old. 
That's yep. when I started to be like, what the hell is going on? Mm. Um, but obviously my dad was sort of more across the little bits here and there. Um, so, yeah, it, it's she She got really sick and it happened really suddenly. Um, How old was she when she was diagnosed? So she was, so, so she was 68 uh, and she was diagnosed in two, so 51. Oh, it's so young, isn't it? Yeah, and you know what? It is young and it also is it's a sort of double whammy because my parents had us quite late in life. Mm. So I'm the eldest, I'm 31, and then you've got Scott who's 30 and then Tom who's 27. So Tom was very, very young mm. when mum got sick, um, which was really, really awful. But, you know, it started off being such... Um, little things you would just totally overlook. Mum was always a really, really hard worker. She was an absolute powerhouse. She worked in advertising and then started her own headhunting recruitment company and was full-time. They both worked full-time. We had um, nannies growing up. Still great parents, just worked long hours, loved what they did. Um, and so at first it was just little things that you would just put down to being Stress, stressed yep. or tired or getting old, um, stuff at like... At 51. Can you give <laughs> some examples for some people that might be listening? Yeah, totally. Because I think that this is, you know, it's so important that we I have I also this don't want to panic people because when I do this sometimes, um, talking to friends or new friends or, or stuff like this, people go, oh, hang on, but my mum does that or I do that sometimes and... Um, but I, I think, think it's, it's a pattern. Just, yeah, I think if you if you start to notice differences in somebody, it is actually worth kind of noting it and even making a diary of it for yourself. I mean, yeah, I definitely. Think- I, and and it was definitely obvious to me, even as a fifteen year old. Mm. And you know, when you're fifteen, you're so self absorbed. Like I, I didn't. Want, I was. I didn't really care what my mum was up to. I was caring about me, my boyfriends, my girlfriends. You mm. know how I was going to get a bottle of cruise, like vodka cruises on the weekend. <laughs> I wasn't really. I kind of wish I was more. Onto it at the time, but you know, You're hindsight's twenty twenty. Fifteen, no. Um, so it's little things like um, buying multiple groceries. So mm. she'd come home from the shops and she had have bought a, a a bottle of milk, and we already had two in the fridge. Mm. And we'd be like, we can't even get. I mean, we can't even family of five, in. but we, can, we don't drink that much milk, Mum. Like, what the hell? Mm. Um, she would send double emails. So she'd send an email to a client, and then maybe a couple of hours later, or even a day later, send the same e- a similar email. Mm. Um, that that kind of stuff we found out later on, you know, as people would come out and be like, oh, actually, that's kind of, now it's all kind of mm. making sense. Um, stuff like losing the car in the car park, but we all do that. Oh, who my God. I did that? that the other day. Who hasn't done that? We all do that. Because I was on the phone to someone when I got out of the car and I walked off and I did not unless, pay attention. Yeah, exactly. Unless you make a, <gasps> I have to make a note now. I have to be like, okay, green level yeah, C3. D5. Yeah. I never forget, actually, funniest story, just again. Um, I was at a hen's night in the middle any, of the city. I was 36 <laughs> weeks pregnant and lost the car and I'd worn heels. Now, 36 week pregnant oh, and heels. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's not a, that's... I realised that, that no, because you actually them off. are heavier. Just take them off. <laughs> and your hips are all so loose. I'm like shuffling. You're not the birdcage. Like, carry them through the car yeah. park. No one cares. <laughs> shuffling through the car park. It took me an hour to find my car. But you know, you blame the pregnancy brain. Totally. Yes. And you know, and a couple of times it was fine, but mm. it started getting to the point where she'd have to call dad and he'd have to drive to the supermarket mm. and help us find the car. Um, and then there were weird things like when it was kind of getting more and more, when she, the decline was becoming more and more obvious, mood changes. So she went from being quite a happy, um, positive, loving person to quite stappy, quite defensive. I, I suddenly became enemy number one. I don't know why. 
me, the, my brothers were fine, but I was constantly being yelled at for no reason, called bizarre names. She'd never call me. She started calling me like a cow and she'd never called me a cow mm. in my life, mm. which was hard to, you of know, course, take yeah. as a 16, 17-year-old. But then as she was declining, it was kind of more obvious, um, you know, she'd say stuff like, oh, you know, we should really get over to New Zealand one day and go and, you know, you should go meet your aunt. Meanwhile, we'd been to New Zealand every year for Christmas mm. our whole lives and I was, I knew my aunt, I met her a million times. Um, or she'd see a movie trailer. I'll never forget um, Happy Feet. The Happy Feet trailer was on TV and we were all watching TV and she goes, oh, love that movie. That was a great movie. I was like, mum, you haven't, you haven't seen it. She's like, yes, I have. I was like, nope, you haven't seen it because that's a movie trailer, <laughs> which means the movie's not out yet. So none of us here, no one's seen it. She's like, I have two seats. And, you know, she'd get quite, yeah, and fight yeah, her. Yeah, angry own. about it. And I, again, being young, rather than just going, okay, yep, cool, leaving it and realising what was happening, I mm. kind of would be like, you haven't seen it mm. because no one's seen it. And it yeah. was very, very frustrating. Um, and you've, as a teenager, you've got all sorts of hormones flying totally, around and too. And we still didn't know what it was <laughs> at yeah, that point. Yeah, I was going to say, had she been no, diagnosed? So, so it was just really at odd that point, we, At that point, we were like, something is wrong. Oh, also, you know, it's at that stage of life that women are going through menopause often too. Yes. And that can so make that was thrown you go in, that was thrown in, That was thrown in the air. Stress hormones. was thrown in the air. Mm. She was tested for, obviously, brain tumour was mm. another thing. Mm. Very similar kind of early symptoms. So did she know that at times she wasn't right? Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Um. Again, it's tricky to go back and kind of reflect because, um, bless him, my dad did everything he could to protect us from it. So a lot of these conversations were hushed or I think we were fed lies or... um, And that was with his best intention, Absolutely, absolutely. But when I now try and tell the story, there are chunks missing because he's done that to protect us. I think that that's the thing with people um, who, especially with early onset dementia, um, if they have a partner, the partner does pick oh, up the slack. So the, the bits that the process that sort of goes in the person who has the dementia is then the, taken up by the partner, and they and and to the outside world, it doesn't appear to be no, and it's, quite as bad as I think. It's especially it tricky, you know. My blessing, my poor dad, but mum was the. You know, she had it all. She she was the. They both worked full time, but then Mum, you know, took care of the bills, and you know, she the was the one. Load. She was the one that remembered everybody's names and when everyone's birthdays were. And so, for Dad to then try and have to take all that, he didn't know any of that information. Mm. I remember him trying to figure out, like, he had to get across all our accounts, all the bills, mm. uh, figure out how to make a school lunch. Yeah, you know, he had three teenagers. Um, but yeah, so she, so she tested for um, a brain tumour. She then tested for sleep apnea because, mm-hmm. um, again, similar kind similar. of symptoms. Um, we actually did an initial test, uh, a scan for plaque on the brain, which is what... Yeah, um, which is what Alzheimer's happened. Yeah, so basically yeah. plaque grows in the brain and kind of eats away at it like acid. It's really awful. So I remember we had an, she had an initial test for that and they couldn't see any obvious signs of it. So then we went through the other tests mm. for brain tumours, sleep apnea, a few other things. And then we came back at the end and tested again and by that point there was quite obvious plaque. And by that point, mum was was so far along that um, we actually considered not telling her. Mm. And that was kind of one of the first points where dad and I clashed. Um, again, I'm the eldest and it, this really changed my relationship with my family. I kind of became the other adult. I became dad's confidant. Yeah. Um, I became the other decision maker. Mm. And that was tough because, again, I was still only 17, 18 years old um, and I didn't want to have to deal with any of that. I didn't want to have to mm. talk about that. I didn't want to have to come home from school and talk about, you know, whether my mum had, you know, had an accident that day. Yeah. I didn't want to talk about that. I didn't want I mean, to, but, I, but there was no one else to do it. your own parents... 
is a very, very difficult situation to and be in. And it's something that I think we grow into as we get older. You know, like well, we watched you expect our, to do when you're right. Older. You don't expect to do it when you're still in high school. That's right, exactly. And nor do you want to, like you said. No. And 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 I did. I fought it for a long time. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Totally. I I, I stayed out later. You know, I didn't bring friends home when she started getting really loopy. You know, I didn't want to bring friends. Home. I was embarrassed. And I didn't. Mm. I didn't want to have to tell them what was going on. I didn't want them to see her like that because that was embarrassing and it wasn't her best self and it wasn't who no, she was and I didn't want them to have this. Knew her as no, and I didn't want them to go back to the playground and say, oh, you know, Tully's mum's crazy or Tully's mum's mm. this or that. So, yeah, it was super isolating. It was really isolating. But he wondered whether there was any point, you know. She mm. was already so sick. She was already so gone and he's like, it's just going to upset her. It's just going to stress her out. And I was like, she has to know. She has a right to know. She yeah. has to know what's going on because she's been so confused and, yeah, she's been angry and, yeah, she's fought at us Every step of the way, I know towards the end then she wouldn't even allow dad to come into the doctor's appointments with her, mm. which is so hard because then it's hard to get information. Well, also when I think anybody, regardless of what's going on with you, if you're sick, you need to have an advocate with you. And yeah, but if, if you're, you're not, fighting you're not, it and yeah. you're trying to know that's right. going on and you're saying, no, I don't want you coming in, the doctor can't no. override that. No. It's, you know, and she was... It was there was so many layers to it. She was calling her parents back in New Zealand and, and making all kinds of wild allegations against my poor dad, yep. which were complete bullshit. Yeah. But try explaining dad then explain trying to explain mm. that to them. You know, it was just an absolute cluster. And also, when people like family members aren't there seeing the day to day activities of someone with dementia, it's very easy for them to then get an an idea in their mind of what should be going on for that person. Exactly. But I don't think you really understand what is necessary for them on a day-to-day basis unless you're there. Like one of the things I think that's a real misconception about dementia of all sorts is the memory loss thing. Oh, you just forget who people are. It's not that. Oh, it's wow, it's process-driven. Yes. Yeah. So I remember... It's, it's counting money. It's, it's, it's like giving, going to a cafe and buying a coffee. If you think about that, I remember someone giving me this example, one of the doctors or someone at Alzheimer's Australia, and they said, if you think about how many steps are involved in ordering a coffee, so you have to go into the coffee shop, you have to work out where you go to you have to order, drive there, remember? Remember, remember to, where it is. Yeah, remember where it is, yeah. So once you've actually done those things, even the process of deciding on what you want, finding the person you order it from, working out how to order it, finding your money, working out how much money you need, you know, working. And then it even comes down to the point where at some stage they, they're not even sure how to drink it. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, and that that's it's so true. Like I remember it got to the point where we'd give mama a cup of tea and if you didn't sit with her and give her sips, she'd just scull the whole scolding thing. Yeah, right. You know, like it was just like it was bizarre, but it, it was such a it was it was so tough. We I was doing my HSE, which is the VC mm. in Victoria, and my brother was I think nine at the time, mm. and you know, dad had to quit his job to become mum's full time carer. Um, bless his absolute cotton socks, he just did not want help. He wouldn't take any help. People kept saying, you know, there's there's this resource and there's this. He wasn't even applying for any kind of government help. And I'm like, you're a, you know, you're a carer. Mum, mum could get a disability pension. He's like, no, 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 I've got this, you know. Mm. She's my wife. She's, you know, she's my my responsibility. Um, so, yeah, she was kept at home for way too long. It doesn't seem like a right time to take a break, but we will be back in just a minute. Yeah, so can I ask, from what you're talking about, you're a teenager mm-hmm. and 
for those that don't know or follow you, you might, you've just recently lost your mum. So we're really grateful that you're here because it's all very raw for you. <laughs> but how there's like 10, there's more than 10 years that she's obviously been very unwell yeah. for. That's a really so, long time. Again, dates and times are funny because official dates are different to my memory. Mm-hmm. But um, she definitely was sick when I was 15, 16. So that's what you're 10. Yeah. Um, and then I went to uni. So I got into uni at Charles Sturt University in Bathurst to do journalism, which I really wanted to do. Uh, didn't really think about the fact that I have to move away because my family live in Sydney. And I ummed and ahed about it. I struggled a lot with that guilt for that. I was like, oh, like how can I move away now? Mm. Like she's so sick and it took a lot for me to actually do that. And my dad sat me down and he was like, she would be so angry if you didn't take this opportunity. Yeah. Like she would not want you to live your, your life stuck here, you know, because of her. Um, it was three hours away. She, you know, I got my license. He was like, you can always come home on weekends. You know, go, do it. This is a great opportunity. Mm-hmm. So I did it. Um, but, you know, it got to the point where I remember coming home one weekend and she was talking, albeit it was very loopy, you know, like talking me through the, her magnets on the fridge and just weird conversations. And then I went back to uni for the week and then I came back the following weekend and she stopped talking. It's yeah, like she'd right. forgotten how, she to talk how to talk in a week. Wow. Mm. And so I don't remember the last thing she said to me, which is something that plays in my mind yeah, quite a bit. Of course. Because I try. I want to. I want it, and I want it to be something really special mm, and like yeah. love you, have a good week at uni or something. But it was probably something completely bananas. And I just, yeah, it was that quick. You know, it was happening that quickly. I just couldn't. She still had some words. She'd lock on to words and just repeat them over and over again. Mm. Kind of in a psychosis. Um, and she was on a lot of meds by this point. But, yeah, it, it was happening that quickly. But I remember being home one weekend and trying to give dad a break because he didn't have a break ever. Well, it's 24 hours a day is yeah. working. Uh, and it's, yeah, because, yes. It's a lot as well. You it's know, at night time too because they, they – Yeah, I mean, he so he slept on the couch for I think nine years. Wow. He gave her the bedroom. Mm. Um, but he'd still wake up and she'd be standing at the end of the couch. She'd mm. be going through drawers in the kitchen. She'd be talking to herself. You know, you can't really – for someone that has a mental illness or like that to sleep through the night, like, oh, this is sleep time now. They don't really. Mm. Um, and, you know, his family were amazing. Her family, not so great. Um, and a lot of friends fall by the wayside as well. People from, don't know what to do. That's it. And also, to be fair, to, to be fair, I don't know how open dad was being with how hard it was. Yeah. Mm. Again, very stoic, strong man, very proud man. Um, and I'm not sure how open and honest and vulnerable he was being. In hindsight, I'm not sure he was putting his hand up and saying, I need help. Yeah. I have three teenagers and now I'm caring for Kay. Um, but, yeah, we didn't have a lot of other people, a lot of adults around. Definitely no official respite or help like mm. we should have. Mm. And so I remember one day I said, you know, Dad, just go. Go to the pub. Go do whatever. Drive. Just get out. I've got <laughs> get this. Get some fresh air. Yeah, go for a walk. Go, go get plastered. I don't care what you do. <laughs> and I took the reins. And um, there were good days and bad days, which I'm sure, you, you know, you're across there are good days. Some days they're fine. Then they, they sit there and they watch TV and they're lovely and they have moments of clarity or you think they do. And then other days are f***ing awful. Mm. And this was one of those days, unfortunately for me. And I... Um, Just the day you put your hand up. Yeah. <laughs> and they came out and she had a bottle of Drano in her hands. Oh, God. She'd been poking through the kitchen, which she did. Um, and I was, I was like, has she drunk some? How much has she drunk? How do I get this off of her? And she was still physically quite young, therefore quite strong. Yes. So I was kind of wrestling with her over this bottle of, 
Drano in the kitchen and she pushed me um, over and I hit my head on the corner of the bench and I fell to the ground. And I was like, I can't f***ing do this. Like, I can't physically do this. And so I literally that day called the aged care assessment team, which is what you have to have come assess someone to go into a care home. And I said, you have to come and get my mum. Like, Mm. I don't care what my dad's saying. I'm taking over. I can't do this. I can't do my HSC. My dad is losing his mind. My little brother is having to witness things that no Mm. child should have to witness. I'm like, you have to come today. I was like, today. Mm. That was hysterical. Well done, though. It, we were out of options. You're at the, yeah, you're at that point. And who knows how long Dad would have had her at home? Mm-hmm. Bless him. Mm-hmm. But who knows? And it was detrimental to all of us. It was. Yes. Too, it was too. It'd gone on too long. And so they came. Yeah, they came and they assessed her and they said, you know, she is quite young. She is quite strong. Um, unfortunately, there aren't a lot of facilities that are for early onset Alzheimer's because. Again, one of the biggest misconceptions is that this is an old, old person's disease. disease. It's incredible, that isn't it, is, that there isn't really anywhere for people who are young to go and be cared for. And this can affect someone as young as 30 years old, yeah. someone younger than myself. Yeah. It is such a misconception that this is just part of getting old. It is not part of getting old. No. Not all of us, when we get old, will get dementia. It is a disease. It is a disease of the brain and it does not discriminate against age, mm. unfortunately, and is now the number one cause of death for females in Australia and the number two for, for, for the population. And and no one's doing anything about it. No one is talking about it. It is not a fun disease. No. Because there is no hope. There are no survivors. No. Mm. There's no celebrity like Delta Goodrum that can come out and say, I had leukaemia once, now look at me. <laughs> There's no one. No. And, and it's hopeless. It's, I think that's the thing so about it. So who wants to f***ing talk about a hopeless disease? Nobody. Us here today. Yeah. <laughs> well, not really. No. But I think what something you touched on just a minute ago that I think is really important is that if you know somebody in this situation, you need to pull your weight. And I mean that's just coming over and visiting for 10 minutes. It's not much, but it's enough. Don't even get me started. Because... This is something that, that we experience so, as well, that, that people are frightened. And this is, again, why I think we need... Because the person to... isn't the person anymore. This Not is only again... that. Sometimes, I mean, mum was double incontinent. Yeah, yeah, right. So you're dealing with some pretty graphic stuff. Yeah. Mm, and I yes. get it. It's tough and it's hard, but you... <laughs> it's tough and hard for us. Yeah, like... absolutely. This is why I think, though, also it's really important to talk about it because I haven't really had much of an experience with any of this. Um, I'm watching... Lucky you. I know, right? I am really, really fortunate and I mm. get that. And... and um, I think, you know, you don't know what to say. You don't know what to do. Do you want someone to do these things or just... This is why I think we need to talk about it. Like everything, we ask the question, what is it that you would need to... What is it that you needed to hear? What would have been supportive? Because people just are like using headlights. I used to be normal. Right. I used to say, and it sounds horrific and it sounds so dark and it sounds morbid and it sounds maybe insensitive, but I used to say that I wish she had cancer. Mm. Because Mm. if she had cancer, I would have 100 people that knew exactly what I was going through. I would have hope. And you'd be able to speak to her. I would have my mum still in in most ways. Mm. I would have five of my best friends who knew exactly what I was dealing with, who could offer me support and insight and, you know, especially back then. I mean, now... And it breaks my heart because I don't want anyone to have to go through that. Mm. But now I'm getting more and more friends who mm. parents are unfortunately showing signs of early onset or even just dementia. Um, 
because, you know, it it just isn't the same. You know, people, and I, I know they mean well, but people are like, my grandma had dementia and that is awful and I'm so sorry, but it's having a parent, yes, yeah, it's, it's just a very different kettle of fish. It's also, it's like their life is robbed from them. Yes. And I think there's that sadness that, like you say, there's no recovery. Once that diagnosis is there, it's just time. And it's not a it's good time. time. stuck in purgatory. It's, like yeah. I, I'm now going to be... So, yeah, for those that don't know, my mum passed away last Monday <clears throat> after a 23-year-long battle with early-onset Alzheimer's. And I spent the last three days by her side. Uh, in fact, I was the last person to see her alive. And I am going to do everything I can to push this euthanasia. Yeah. Because that's yeah. something else now that I, I, I just wanted to say I'm so sorry. I didn't even yeah. need to get to that point. I'm so sorry mm. that I'm – look, you know, she was n- – did not look like a human being. Mm. She was so thin. Her eyes were sunk into her head. You know, it was horrendous. That is mm. not a way to live. And she was like that for many, many years. And, and it's just, it's not fair. And it's, you know, I, I'd have these like graphic, I guess they're like daydreams of wanting to help her. And like, how can I help her? And I'd have these like horrific sort of like, you know, images of like suffocating her with a pillow or like, how can I like push her? How can I help her out of this? Mm, yeah. Because there's nothing I could, you can't do anything. No. Yeah. And it's, it's just really tough. It's just really tough to watch someone you love just completely wither away and then get stuck. And people say to me, oh, you know, they watch movies like The Notebook. Nah. And they're like, oh, but does she still know who you are? I'm like, she hasn't known who I was since I was 17 years old. Like, mm. no. Mm. She hasn't spoken in 20-something something years. No. And, I, yeah, it's tough because I know that not many people experience it. And for that I'm grateful. But it I, is something that, we, you know, we have to talk about more because there is not enough funding and there is not enough awareness and there is there aren't enough um, ambassadors. You know, um, we've just recently, I mean, Love it to death. Ida Buttress has been running the gauntlet for many, many years as a, a face of. It's now been rebranded as Dementia Australia because yeah. it's a, a wider umbrella. Yeah. Um, and then we also have Takaya, who is this lovely guy who's on Neighbours, whose mum also has early onset Alzheimer's. He is now an ambassador for Dementia Australia, and unfortunately, recently the Veronica's mum now has um, a different type of dementia, but still dementia. Yeah. And so na- they are now offering their voice um, and their faces to the which cause. Is, thank goodness. Which is, that's only happened in the last mm, couple yeah, of years. Yeah. Mm. Can we talk about? So you talk about dementia. What falls under that umbrella? Parkinson's, Alzheimer's. Alzheimer's. No, not Parkinson's. Parkinson's, But it does have an element of dementia, as I understand, Parkinson's. It can, there's a particular sort, I think, that that goes along with it. It's a different sort of neurological condition. Uh, There's There's Lewy body dementia, which is what um, Veronica's mum has. Right. So I always knew, it's, it's funny because I actually for a long, long, long time Avoided doing research mm. because yeah, something that I do well, I understand that. something that I do know now is that my mum's form of dementia can be hereditary, yeah. so there is a chance that I also have it. I hope um, you're living your best life right now. I mean, I'm just living my life the best way, <laughs> the best I can. Whether it's my whether it's my best. Well, life. I like I like though, your best life as I a can, term. I think it's hilarious. I can talk I to this though because <laughs> I don't I don't know about. I mean, there is so many things that you can do to. Keep your if body. You tell in me a to state. start doing Sudoku puzzles. No, I'm I wasn't going to say that. But we spoke to if the one gym- more person. <laughs> messages me says, you know what? You should just eat some fish and do some brain Definitely teasers, not. and you'll be fine. Definitely I'm like, not. I'm but- going to cut you. <laughs> we spoke to the genetic to Sharon when we to Sharon mm. when we spoke to her. Um, what what often happens is that there's there's bits of your body that aren't working properly that then lead to things 
developing more rapidly or so it'll be very interesting what research comes out with the whole I'm wildly interested in genetics based on I have a little boy with a genetic condition so what I can see for him and what I can see for other conditions kind of translates so I feel like you know as we learn this stuff about ourselves and as we can be more aware I, I would only assume that more information will come out as to how we can keep ourselves healthier for longer I don't I think would you bloody can... hope so. And obviously now I'm definitely across. I have a Google alert on dementia, Alzheimer's, you know. Um, and, you know, there is some amazing, 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 um, there's some amazing progress happening in the in the science and medical world. Mm. Absolutely. Um, you know, there was, there's this nasal spray that they're working on with mice that um, is supposed to break down the plaque, you know, so to reverse the effects. So, mm. you know, I have hope and faith and, and, I, and I hope with everything that I have, um, that we do make progress. But right now, my mum still died last Monday. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And I could still have it. So I, we need to be talking more about this. I don't, no one knows that it is the, the leading cause of death for females in Australia. I can't Mm. believe that that. If you ask someone on the street, if I went down did Vox Pops right now, they would say breast cancer or maybe even, you know, heart disease, stroke. No one, no one down there will say dementia and that f***ing pisses me off. And I don't know what more I can do. You know, I don't know. Um... Yeah, I just don't know keep what I can do. I feel helpless. Well, you I'm have trying. To keep talking, and you're doing a great job. You're doing an amazing <laughs> job. <laughs> but I think that's exactly it. That's why we want to have these conversations. Is because people don't know, and you only know things when they start to affect you. Exactly, right? of you do, and that's, that's right. really hard. You know, it's it's. You don't. Want, I don't want someone else to get to the point where their mum has dementia before they give a shit. Yes, yeah. yes. And unfortunately, but also, no teenager is ever going to care. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't so that's nothing. You don't need to beat yourself up with, about that because we've all been teenagers <laughs> and we've all been turds. Yeah, with, like <laughs> with the baby boomers getting older, yeah. Um, as I said, you know, and it, it kills me every time. Like it kills me. But I've had I think three or four friends of mine now reach out either via Facebook or Instagram or mm. text message and say, "Hey, like just just a random question. Like I'm sure it's nothing, but you know, my mum or my dad's been doing a few odd things, and I'm like, I, you know, I sort of ask them to list what they're, what, what they're talking about and it is so obvious to me and I'm just like, F-. Mm. I'm so sorry. Like I can just tell yeah. that that they've got early signs of early onset dementia or dementia and I'm just like, as the baby boomers get older and my friend's, da- you know, my friend's parents are getting older, I'm like, it's just going to, it's going to be a lot more prevalent very, very soon. Yeah. Mm. And I'm, um, yeah, I'm, I'm scared and I'm, I'm worried and I'm sad. I'm sad for everyone. Mm. Yeah. Because I would not wish what we've been through on my worst enemy. Mm, absolutely. Well, we're really grateful that you can be a voice for this. I know it's under <laughs> crappy circumstances and it's you didn't choose it. No. No, I <laughs> By any means, it. no one would choose it. No one would choose that. But I think given that what you the cards that you were dealt, um, it's really inspiring that you can then take on this role to help others, even under really crap circumstances. Absolutely. You know. What's your memory of your mum before she got sick? You know, I had to write a eulogy um, on behalf of my three brothers, A, because I'm the performer and B, because I'm the writer. Um, <laughs> and, and the oldest. And the oldest. And it was tough because in my head, obviously, when her being sick for so long, I had thought about it. I won't pretend I haven't. But I always imagined it being a letter just kind of to, from me to my mum. And then when it came down to it logistically and I had to represent the three of us, that was a much different, much harder piece to write. Mm. 
She was just a powerhouse. She she was a workaholic. Um, she, you know, she she was kind of, I said, the you know, the original girl boss. She really was the proof that you could have it all. You, ha- you could have the high-flying career in advertising and recruiting. You could have the doting husband, the three kids, and then still have, you know, these amazing dinner parties that ran late into the night. <laughs> she worked her freaking ass off. Yeah. She really did. I remember... Um, going on family holidays and back when you had to plug your computer into the wall to use the internet and we'd arrive at these beautiful villas in Vanuatu or Fiji and she'd be crawling around looking for the the (laughs) port in the wall. I'm like, we just got here. Like, do you have to be doing work emails now? She was fierce. She was, she was exactly like, people say she was exactly like me. She was feisty. She was opinionated. Um, She proposed to my dad, which I only found out recently, which just... Makes sense. Makes so much sense. (laughs) Makes so much sense to me. Apparently she was just like, they just bought, you know, their first house together and she was like, we're going to do this or what? Like, (laughs) we're going to commit? Like, we just bought a house. What what do you want? Um, A massive bookworm and I'm also a big bookworm. I think that she has a lot to do with me being a writer and my chosen career. Um, Yeah, just thoughtful. She's just so fashionable. Oh, my God. So the slideshow, one of my favourite things about doing the slideshow was I got to show off, you know, she was just, she always had immaculate, you know, immaculate hair, immaculate nails, um, spent so much money on clothes and makeup. And I love all my friends who obviously never got to meet her, seeing that in the slideshow. And they came out and they're like, God, she was, she was fashionable. She was she was on point. And I'm like, I know. Uh-huh. I almost wore. Like, You're like, where do you think I, I get Oh, no, it? I've got, no, I wish. <laughs> I wish I had a fraction of the fashion sense she had, but I kind of wanted to wear like an 80s power suit yeah, to the funeral. awesome. With like shoulder pads. Yes. Yeah. Um, I didn't because I thought people would be like, what the? No way, man. Anything goes. Yeah, I agree. I, I wanted to, but yeah, she was just, she was a powerhouse. She was, she was a firebrand. Um, and, you know, firebrands um, that burn the brightest often yep. burn the fastest. Yes. I think, too, it's good to end on that note and to also remember that the disease isn't the person. Mm. So it's a really difficult disease for the people around because the, the person that you love disappears. And so to be able to remember who they were beforehand is really important. Yeah, definitely. I made I made a note of that. I sort of... I said, you know, Alzheimer's has stolen so much mm. from my brothers and I and my dad and I, I'm not have it take today. And then I didn't speak another word about it. Yeah, and good. instead I just focused on the mum we knew, the mum we loved and the mum that we'll miss forever. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I've got the National Dementia Hotline here. It is 1800 100 500. That's in Australia. You can look at dementia.org.au as well. There's also a link in my bio on my Instagram. Yeah. Uh, my Instagram is at T-E-E underscore S-M-Y-T-H. Um, and there's a link there to donate to Dementia Australia if you so wish. And I would be so appreciative yeah, if you did. Great idea. Um, there's also heaps of information about the types too, which I think is really interesting because it's not just Alzheimer's. It's, it's a range of different things. Thank you so much. Before we go, I'm going to just take the opportunity. There's a there's a review that's relative to the other one on genetics yes. that actually says, love the episode with Sharon Palmer from iDNA Health. So interesting. And she's located in Perth. Yes. So we'll have more information on that too. But I think that, that that is the future of health in general. We don't know what we're going to learn, but let's hope that we learn something Yeah. Um, so that we can, you know, absolutely use the clues of our body from the very beginning yep. to be able to give us our, our best life. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. You know what? Reach out and give people a hug. Absolutely. Thank you so hug much. Your for, tight. Yes, exactly. <laughs> right. Thank you so much for joining Thank us you today. For me, guys. Please go and have a look at uh, the link in Tully's Insta. You can find that on our Insta. We'll put the link to the link to the link to the link and you'll get there eventually. It'll all work out. Uh, but until next time, we hope you are feeling a little bit healthier, happier, and better. 